again. This is Charlie Balfontaine, and you're listening to the Home Buyers Hour. We're a real estate show that's geared mostly towards client advocacy. Uh, we want to make sure that everybody has a safe it's home to live. We have a safe home to live, and and um, yeah, we want to just you know, basically, I got tossed off by that ten o'clock mark there, so <laughs> and it's all good. We're all working together. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce um, one of our co-hosts who's going to be with us all the time. His name is Joey Matthews. Um, so Joey, let's go ahead, and we're going to get you on the screen. All right. And let's get you to say hello. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Joey. Guys, Joey Matthews, NMLS 1330694. I am an employee of the Federal Savings Bank. I like to call myself the world's okayest mortgage banker. Uh, Better than okay, I'm sure. (laughs) World's okayest is good with me. Uh, I'm I'm averagely above average. (laughs) Um, I've been been writing loans. Originally got into the business 2005. Uh, Came back into the industry after the crash in 2015 and... uh, yeah, I've just um, I've just always been a s- super advocate for the people that I work with. Um, I've I've seen a lot of people who had bad experiences, and uh, I work with them, and and, and they send me messages like, "Oh my God, I, I didn't realize it could be so easy." It, it's crazy the things that I run into. Um, but yeah, no, that's me in a little nutshell, I guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I love it. And you're a long-time Chicago guy. And where do you live now? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm out in Palis Heights now. Um, I grew up on the southeast side of Chicago, the Hagwish neighborhood. Um, went to high school. In, had a very eclectic life. Nice. <laughs> nice. Went to high school in Naperville. I, uh, I was a terrible high school student. I, yeah. I went to college. My first semester in college, 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I immediately enlisted in the Marines um, and came back, came back here afterwards and uh, became a firefighter. Uh, and I actually left firefighting literally a month ago. So for a long time, I've been uh, working two full-time jobs, just burning the candle at both ends, you know, so. I know the feeling. I know it well. So on the phone with us and is going to be basically our feature host for the time. Uh, her name is Jody Egger, and she's a professional real estate agent with Compass Realty. Jody, can you please say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself? Good morning, Charlie and Joey. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. Yeah. Um, I am Jody Egger. I'm a licensed real estate broker at Compass in Chicago with the Alex Stoikoff Group uh, out of Lincoln Park. Um, also a member of the Chicago Association of Realtors and I've uh, been working uh, doing real estate for seven years now. So I represent buyers, sellers, investors and renters all throughout Chicagoland and the suburbs. And uh, I go wherever my clients need me to go. <laughs> it, it ends up being more work than what we want it to be, isn't it? <laughs> yes, but it's definitely worth it. Exactly. So one of the reasons I try to pull people onto this show is, you know, I, again, I'm big on client advocacy. And that's why Joey's here. And um, we're going to have an, an attorney with us starting next week. And his name is Vince. Um, but we always want to feature professional real estate agents and you know and this might sound rude or mean but people are not equal all right some are better than the others and whenever i find somebody that i think is a true client advocacy or an advocate i want to bring them on the radio show i want people to get to know them and get to meet them and see how they are and how they operate all right and jody that's why you're here and you're going to be our feature star today and if it's all right with you i just want to start going through the process you know so How do you meet your clients? Why do clients choose to work with you? What makes you special? Um, I really value all of my relationships with my clients, and I I truly treat them as the way that I would want to be treated, right? With respect and and great communication and, and, and just treating them the way, you know, the same kind of values that I have. Um... I work very hard for my clients. I'm readily available, readily available all the time to them. Um, and I think that proving myself to one client then leads to another referral, leads to another. You know, I've worked with parents that have relate, you know, referred me to their kids. Uh, clients have referred me to their colleagues. So it's just kind of a full circle thing, and it's 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 an honor to be chosen to work with them. You know, being that there's so many real estate agents throughout the you know Chicagoland area. No lie, you know, I, and I always say that 
uh, not always say, but I look these things up. There's 60,000 licensed real estate agents in the state of Illinois. 80% of them are in the Chicagoland area. That's a huge number. So people do have a big choice to come with it. So what is it? Let's say we have a new home buyer. All right. What is your process on onboarding that home buyer and prepping them for what the whole path that they're going to be going down? Sure, sure. Well, initially, I'd like to start off with a phone call um, just to kind of get to know you, find out what their motivation is. Um, are they motivated to do this right away? Is this something they're just kind of thinking about and they want to find out what their options are? You know, do they continue to rent? Or are they going to buy? Um, you know, just kind of give them a debrief of how the process works um, and then connect them with a lender if they don't already have someone. Um, I think that it's kind of a scary process sometimes for a first time home buyer because there's so many moving parts to the transaction. Um, you know, it, this is a big decision. And so I want to, you know, be very communicative, be very approachable. Um, I wanna answer any question that they have. No question is a silly question. Um, and just really connect them with the right people, kind of get us started, get them pre-approved so we know what kind of budget they're working with. I want them to feel comfortable. I don't want anyone to feel like they're going, you know, outside their comfort zone because, you know, we do have to pay for other things too in life. Right. Uh, I want people to go on vacations and I want them to have extra spending money and, and such. So, um, you know, we normally do that. We get the pre-approval. And I start them on a search and then we go out and we start seeing some homes. We start seeing going to some open houses just to kind of get a feel because you would be surprised at what they tell me initially what they are looking for. And then once we actually step foot into homes and start looking at things, sometimes, you know, the the communication changes and they say, you know what, it's really important to me have to have outdoor space or I definitely need a backyard or you know, I need this extra room to, you know, have an office space. Everyone's working from home now. So it's nice to have maybe a one bedroom with a den or two bedrooms with, you know, a third bedroom as an office. Do you have like a checklist or something that you ask these questions to them? Um, I do and I don't. I just kind of go off the, you know, the conversation with them. And I think it's really important to have that FaceTime with them, too. And and see them walk into these homes and it inspires other questions right mm -hmm. so just more general questions i ask them at the beginning on the phone call and then meeting with them and going to see these homes is just really important because that's what really brings out the true you know must-haves and gotcha you know, would like so you see the reactions you see what's important to them right correct correct i love it now one of the first things that you guys do and joey and jody i actually want you guys to teach me something about this you know, what is all this? You, you want people to be pre-approved, right? And does please jump in and. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, I what mean, is that process, I guess, is what yeah, I'm asking. Well, it's, it's the most important process, the real estate <laughs> transaction, right? We'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, to, to Jody's point, she uh, sends a client to the lender to get pre-approved. And um, at the end of the day, I, I say it's the most important process, the real transaction, obviously, you know, in my opinion, it, it kind of sort of is. Without a pre-approval, you're not shopping. Okay. So it's 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 a big deal. And uh, what does somebody have to do to get that pre-approval from pre you? Yeah, for sure. For, for, for me, because I'm a nut job, I want everything. <laughs> I want everything. Well, no one wants to have a, a surprise two weeks before Whoa. closing, and I have a story about that if we want to hear it. Uh, absolutely. Um, so what I do on my end, I want to collect all the docs up front. I want to make sure I have W-2s. I want to make sure I have, if they're self-employed, I have tax returns so I can properly calculate income. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I show assets. So, And if I'm looking at the assets, I want to see if there's any weird deposits that don't make sense, and then I want to source that. Um, there's, there's a lot of regulation in banking, and I want to make sure that I'm a step ahead of the game whenever I pre-approve someone. In, in the thousand some odd transactions I've closed over the last seven years, I've never had a borrower denied a loon for something that was on their end. If, if it got denied, it was it was low appraisal. It was something to do with not the borrower. And that matters to me. Of course it should. Sorry, I get hyped up about this. I'm very <laughs> passionate about this because I see so much laziness in my industry. Um, and, it's, and I'll get into my quick little story. I do a lot of VA loans. I'm a Marine veteran. I mentioned that um, a person that I, I, I just closed with, he bought a house in 2016 down in Missouri. And he was getting a VA loan. 
he found out a week before closing because the loan officer he was working with was not he was not a big VA lender. The guy didn't realize this. Okay. Uh, at the time, and how are they supposed to know, right? It's not like it's their career. They just want to buy a house. That's Absolutely. It. I need I need professionals. I need you. I need Jody. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. No, he and he he didn't know one way or the other. He just assumed that the guy was giving him good information. I'm sorry. It was a week before closing. The lender told him he needed to come up with twelve and a half percent down. Plus, uh, well, he didn't have a funding fee, but if if he had one, he would have to come up with half the funding fee down. Because and this is for a VA loan? This is a VA loan. I know I'm ignorant on this stuff, but I thought VA loans are like 0% down or There's, something. Yeah, that's the beauty of the VA loan. They're 0% down. Um, there, there's so much. I love the VA loan. It's, it's in my opinion, the best loan program in the world. Uh, it's super easy, um, as long as you know how to do it. Long story short, the co-borrower was his girlfriend. All the right. guy didn't realize, the loan officer didn't realize that on a joint loan for non-married co-borrowers... There's a down payment requirement. The VA is only oh. going to guarantee the borrower's half. With the oh, usual wow. guarantees, 25%, only guaranteed 12.5%, you have to come up with the other 12.5%. Jody, so, I know you're knowledgeable on this stuff. Did you know that? I did not know that if they were married. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so if it's a joint VA loan with two non married veterans, different story. But because she was not a veteran and they were not married, all of a sudden, they either had to shotgun wedding, which is what they did. <laughs> That's nice. what they did. Sweet. Or come up with twelve and a half percent down. Yep. Yeah. We're gonna make this work. So I, I prefer I to it. not force people into marriage when they're just trying to buy a house. <laughs> I think. I think there's something illegal about that. I'm not too sure about forcing people into marriage. <laughs> I don't know if they're. You know? I, I they, I'm sure they didn't talk to compliance about it. <laughs> oh gosh, no. And, and Jody, what about you? Do you even take people out on showings without them? Being I mean, I, I have in the past um, just to kind of let people meet me face to face and understand a little bit more about how I work and and see how our chemistry is. Right. Oh, my um, God. That's so important. Isn't more it? times than none. I mean, especially since covid, um, every uh, seller's agent has required that we have a pre-approval. Because they, you know, sellers don't want just random people coming into their homes during this pandemic. So they want to make sure that these are serious buyers. And I'm seeing that continually and, and again. So I think it's really important to make the best use of everyone's time, respect everyone's time, um, and also set expectations with that buyer. I mean, I don't want them to think, oh, I'm going to go buy a house for 500000 and then realize that they're only pre-approved for three fifty. Then, you know, they get their heart set on something and then we go back to the drawing board and we're taking like two steps back. So I want to make sure that they have that pre-approval in hand because you just don't know. Right. If we walk into I worked with a buyer one time, they were we were just snooping around. There was no sense of urgency. They were still in a lease. We went one day on a Saturday and we looked at five condos. Okay. The fifth condo, we walked in and he turned and looked at me and he said, Jody, this is it. And right then and there, and thank goodness we had that pre-approval because I was writing an offer for them that night. And that's you know, we, need, we need that pre-approval to go along with the offers. So it's really, really important. So when you see that smile on somebody's face, when they walk up to you and they say, this is it, this is my house, well, give me your feelings. Oh my gosh, it's an amazing feeling. I mean, it's so yeah. exciting. I mean, I, I'm a part of this, you know, emotional and, you know, such an important, you know, time in their life and it's my job at that point then to get them the best deal possible uh i'm as honest with them as i possibly can too yeah. because you know we have to go through the inspection and and do this and do that and if something doesn't feel right to me and they ask me i'm going to be very straightforward with them good 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 and now i know we've done work together and again the reason why you're here on this show um <laughs> is because of your passion and how you treat your clients and and the only people we're putting on here are the ones that we have respect for, without a doubt. And you have my respect, like there's no tomorrow. Um, and let's, um, I, I wouldn't mind you sharing a few stories. I know we had a couple <laughs> of, one especially, that was just horrible. And, yeah. you know, it made my heart stop, basically. Can you share with that one? You, I know you know what I'm oh, talking about. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Well, um, you know, just for everyone that's listening, Charlie and I have worked together for about uh, five years now. Um, and when I haven't worked with Charlie, I've worked with people from his team and everyone has been exceptional. And I've learned, I love an inspection because I learn something new every time. 
guaranteed. And it's just, it's great because I can use it towards, you know, the next buyer that I'm working with and what have you. Preparing so anyway. them, absolutely. You see something new, and then if you're doing okay. your showings and walkthroughs, say, hey, listen, you know, this might be something that'll come up on a red flag, and we just want oh, you to prepare for it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about the preparedness and expectation. So, Charlie, you were nice enough to, you did two inspections for me that day. Yeah, that's, um, that's something I don't like doing. And I, was, I think I was crying and complaining about it. But I, it needed to be day. done, and we were booked up, and it was a real long day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But our second one um, was with my client, who is, uh, you know, one of my closest friends, too. Um, and it was a townhome. Um, Charlie did the inspection and, beautiful you know, we found little things here and there, but it was a beautiful home. Mm -hmm. But one of the red flags, if you will, was that the chimney um, was very dirty. And Charlie's recommendation to the seller was, you know what, this needs to be cleaned. And so with my attorney, we communicated to them and said, we need this cleaned. We need this inspected you know, before anything, before we close. And the recommendation from Charlie was, I would not light this fireplace until it's clean, until it's addressed and looked at. Yeah, and it was more than that. There was mortar missing in the brick. I saw openings in the smoke chamber, and I'm not afraid to say it was unsafe to use. They shouldn't have done it, but the sellers didn't believe me. No, no, and uh, uh, we were scheduled to close uh, three weeks out, and uh, I was with... Uh, one of my attorneys, and he turned to me and said, you know, oh my gosh, red top burnt down. And it was April 1st. We just walked out of another closing and I said, oh, ha ha, April fools. And he said, no, I swear in my children's lives, this is yeah. it. And to get that call and find out that that home caught fire, the, the sellers were packing up the house and their children thought it would be okay to light a fire in the fireplace. And it caught fire on the top because it was a, a three-story, you know, townhouse. Big townhouse, yeah. Yeah, and the, the fire started at the top, and they were all in the lower level where the fireplace was. Um, they smelled smoke, and by the time they got up there, I mean, thankfully everyone was okay and they were mm -hmm. able to get out. But the firemen came. I mean, the, the amount of water, and Charlie, you could speak to this too from your background. I mean, it destroyed the home. Yeah, was it was no a third alarm fire. It ended up being three alarms. Three alarms oh, on a townhouse. Right. It, it was a big townhouse, and yeah, they had. Um, now, you know, I, I have no disrespect, so I'm gonna throw a little plug out for Lindemann Chimney Sweeps out there. I think they're great. Um, they had them scheduled to come out on a Wednesday, and they had the family party on a Sunday, and yeah, lights started flickering. Um, the alarms went off. They went up to investigate. The top floor was full of smoke. They got everybody oh, out of there. You know, and you know, I'm not, and they were wonderful. They were the couple that was selling the house. They were talking to me and welcome. Their home was immaculate. It was just beautiful. It was. It was beautiful. One, the fireplace was in bad shape, and a lot of people feel that that's normal, but you can't have any gaps or holes and and stuff in the fireplace. I don't know, Joey. Have you ever with your fireman stuff? You've been on chimney fires. <laughs> no, I no? Cicero is uh, a little different than a lot of places, yeah. but uh, and I was in Northbrook, yeah. space heaters. So I was in Northbrook, and we got a lot of fires, you know, fireplaces there. And yeah, we've been on a, over a dozen. So you know, chimney fires that you they get into the structure right away. Yeah, and you don't know they're burning, and then all of a sudden you lost the house, and it's through the roof, and it gets scary as all hell. You know, and I and I feel bad. I don't want anything like that to ever happen to somebody. So that was really sad. And and did whatever happened with that client? Obviously, they found something else. Yes, yes, we were luckily be able to find something else for them. Um, it's just unfortunate because it was their first home together. Yeah. Um, they're you know blending their families, and it was just such an exciting time. And to to go and and, and see that is just you know it's heartbreaking they were so, enamored with that house you know I, yeah. I just remember them they were so much in love with it and you know everybody got along everybody wanted to make this thing happen and then this tragedy happened so yeah you know something you know i'm going to throw a little plug out in fact i want to do this to, for all three of us joey give me some contact information for you please yeah um my cell phone is 630-235-2405 say it again but a little slower please 630 235 
1-800-273-0505. That's, that's my personal cell phone. Uh, you can email me at jmatthews at the Federal Savings Bank. Only one T in Matthews because I'm a Pollock. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> we need to yeah. be a little more politically correct, even though it's you. Hey, well, all right. I'm, all right. Yeah. The name when we came from Ellis Island was Matyshevsky. <laughs> and, and honestly, they just they literally just shortened it. They're like, yeah, you're Matthews with one T now. You're, you're apparently going to be Irish forever. I love it. Um, but yeah, uh, that's my personal cell phone. Seriously, I'm uh, I'm very passionate about this. I tell people all the time: call me twenty four seven, text me twenty four seven. It's not work to me. This is so much fun for me. So yeah, yeah. it's something when you enjoy what you do. It does you don't work a day in your life. Seriously, which is yeah. awesome. I agree. Yeah. And for those of us listening on the radio, um, we are going or on the podcast. Um, the, we do broadcast this live to our Facebook channels, and you're going to have Joey, Jody, myself. We're going to have Vince's contact. Everybody who comes on here, they're all going to be up on the Facebook channel, and then we're also going to be loading these up on all the different podcast services, and we'll make sure that we put contact information there. But, Jody, please share your contact information for those that okay. are listening. Um, yes, my cell phone is 708 542 3259. 3259. Um, okay. Yep. 708-542-3259. Um, again, like as to jo- what Joey said, I'm readily available eight days a week. Haha. Um, <laughs> I do shut my phone off to sleep at night. So <laughs> I might not answer at two o'clock in the morning, but I do work late and I do get up early. Um, uh, best email for me is Jody egger at compass.com so it's jody j-o-d-i dot egger e-g-g-e-r at compass.com i like it how you always say it's egg er you know (laughs) simple and our company is chicagoland home inspectors our website is thehomeinspectors.com that's plural o-r-s and it's a dot com Um, our telephone number is area code 312-544 nine one eight zero and we take scheduling and you know 24 hours a day you could schedule online quick and easy and we actually have a human being always there also to answer your phone so when you or answer our phones and that's also 24 7 including holidays they're always going to be there they know our business and they can answer those questions and we're going to mention this stuff again when we get towards the end of the show um you know again we just want to make sure that we get our contact information out there so let's go back to what we were talking about you know with the clients and the inspections and stuff and you know this is going to sound a little bit arrogant but i know we go overboard when we do our inspections you've seen other home inspectors as well right jody yes and i I should also throw a disclaimer out there um joey matthews here is also a past client of ours so we did his home inspection when he when uh he purchased his home out in palos hills which is another big beautiful mansion that he has out there (laughs) sorry i I really like your home and um yeah it's it's really great being out there and stuff like that so you know what do you do to prepare your clients for a list of issues that are going to come up on these home inspection report I mean, I like to look at the report first. Really? And that and schedule a call with my clients. I mean, normally the the report goes to my clients and myself at the same time, mm-hmm. but I want to really look through it and identify, you know, what are the main things that we want to ask for to get rectified or repaired or replaced or what have you. Um, I'm not one to nitpick. I feel that, you know, we have to really prioritize. Um, you, you know, one of the inspections, Charlie, that you did with me um, in East Lakeview, you know, there was a number of things that were wrong um, and it was another town home. But when you used your combustion analyzer, <laughs> yeah, you said that correctly. Realized, so and you and realized that that furnace was not operating. It was not at all. I mean, it was basically it was what, 25 years old or something like that. Yeah. So was that was a main thing that I wanted to fight for for my clients. I wanted to make sure that we either got that replaced or we got a credit for it before we closed. Did you? I did. Yay. I got the brand new one. <laughs> and that's a that's a four thousand dollar concession. Furnaces exactly. are not cheap. In fact, we just had a. It was Lincoln Park in your neighborhood. Um, yep. Big monster home there, three furnaces, and two out of the three were showing high levels of oxygen after the fire and high levels of, 
um, excess air coming out of there, and it tells us that we pretty much have a hole in the heat exchanger. There's no other way for fresh air to come into the combustion gases after the fire, you know, uh-huh. unless there's an actual opening in there. And Joey, didn't the, you know, didn't the same thing happen to you, if I remember right? That absolutely happened to me. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, exact same situation. Uh, the furnace, there was just a high, too, too high of levels of carbon monoxide coming off that thing, and who I was buying from was an HVAC engineer. So when he oh, saw wow. Charlie pull out the combustion analyzer, sweating bullets immediately, he called, <laughs> he called his agent. He was like, oh my God, what is this inspector doing? This is too much. <laughs> got, the, got the furnace replaced. Got the furnace replaced. No fighting about it. It was amazing. It's, it's good to have the proof in the numbers and the stats and you know and the only the only headaches we get with that is there's a lot of heating contractors that have the tool but they don't have it in the truck so they don't bring it out to the site and they'll just come there they'll turn it on yeah it's producing heat the carbon monoxide alarms aren't going off so the furnace must be enough okay you know and just because we're not distributing carbon monoxide in the circulation it doesn't make it safe it's yeah. still a problem and that right. way we still have to get it fixed so Give me some more, Jody. You know, what other things, whether it's inspection, give me some unusual things that you have and how you solve these problems. Um, Well, another thing, too, that, uh, you know, if I'm selling like a single family home or I'm working with an investor and they're buying a building, um, something else that's really important is is looking at the structure and the foundation of it. Right. So, um, you know, I'll reach out to a structural engineer and have them walk the property with me, with my client and say, like, we go inside, too, and we look to see, you know, is anything look really does something that look right? You know, do you see a, a, you know, a, a connection that's not happening in one of the walls or is there, you know, a, a bunch of. Uh, you know, bricks missing or holes or just gaps or what have you. I did. Um, You're talking I to my went, heart right now. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a client that was looking for, um, they had been flipping houses for quite a bit and they wanted to find a project. And, uh, you know, they wanted to find a home that they could really, you know, turn around and live in it and make it their forever home. And so, we were looking at a variety of single family homes in the Lakeview and Lincoln Park area. Um, we found one and it would it, it looked like it had great bones, but it had been uh, vacated for quite some time. So I said, you know what, let's get a structural engineer. Let's walk the property. You know, I was doing a lot of research on the property ahead of time and you know found out that there had been a fire in the um in the, in the garage and there was this this and that and then in looking at the ceilings on the second level you know you always look for uh, former leaks or moisture or something that just doesn't look right some sort of evidence you yeah yeah you don't know what the, the roof looks like unless you have somebody up there and this um, is a typical have- chicago garage you're talking about with the flat roofs and Yep. Sometimes yep. a deck on top. All right. But um, it's just funny because we uh, we didn't have the inspection yet. We wanted to have the structural engineer come and look. All right. And so we went under contract. Uh, I scheduled the structural engineer to come out the next morning. The night before, we had a horrible thunderstorm here in Chicago. Oh boy. And uh, we, you know, met the engineer there. We all, you know, took a walk around the property. She pointed out several things that she just said, you know, this doesn't look right. Yeah. We started walking up the stairs to the second level, and I heard a drip. No. The roof had caved in <laughs> in one of the bedrooms. Why do all these drastic was... things happen to you? <laughs> what are you doing? Are you causing these things? Schedule I don't know. all inspections after thunderstorms. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh but it was, uh, I mean, I, I just turned around and looked at them, and I'm like, I guess this isn't the one. You, know? yeah. <laughs> just, uh, you just got to learn to walk away from some things. And uh, it was just a very another unfortunate situation, but this is life. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just kind of have to roll with the punches and learn from things. And I knew that roof didn't look right from the inside. But, you know, God was there and he said, Here, I'm going to throw a huge rainstorm in this situation and let you really see what's going on. <laughs> nice. I love all that stuff. So what about now we get past the inspection process and, you know, you, you go through all the negotiations and everybody's still happy and we're all moving forward. You know, and I think this goes back to you and Joe, Joey again. What are some of the roadblocks now that 
come into play before you get to the table? I mean, I would think one of my main ones is after we get through the inspection, it's it's the appraiser that comes in. Um, and if the property doesn't appraise for what we're under contract for, that can, you know, can pose a huge problem because if we can't come to an agreement where we have to, the sellers are willing to renegotiate the price, sometimes they push back and say, well, hey, let's meet in the middle. You know, we'll, we'll come up five if you come, you know, to the table with five, if there's, you know, $10,000 difference. I've had transactions that have, you know, unfortunately fallen apart because we couldn't come to that resolution. So the appraisal is really important. Without a doubt. Now, and Joey, maybe you could answer this one. If, I mean, again, not all appraisers are great. Not all of them are bad, mm -hmm. all right? But do you get involved or find out what properties they're using for comparables at all? Because if they're using the wrong ones, couldn't that throw no. a hamper into things? Absolutely. So uh, obviously the appraisal, they come back with the value that they come back with, right? And immediately i'm calling both agents i'm calling the list agent i'm calling the buy agent i'm telling them we have, an, have a value issue right and i tell them how big the value issue is i find out I, I look at the comps i send the comps that the appraiser used to the list agents and i'm like hey i agree with you i, I actually feel like we have good value here do we have more comps and then provide okay. commentary too so whenever i do an appraisal appeal i always ask for agent commentary and why their comp is a better comp than what the appraiser used because there's a lot of appraisers out there, and there's a lot of great appraisers out there, but there's also a lot of really hard-headed ones, very stubborn ones. I'm sure. Where Humans. Like, Humans exactly. are different. Yep. There's a, there's a lot of people who want to think that uh, their their work is the best, you know? Well, so, my work is the best, yeah, Joey. Yeah, Let's yeah. get that understood. That's right, right. That's right. And I want you to know something very clearly. The home inspector is the most important part <laughs> of the real estate <laughs> transaction. All right? Oh. The most important part. Oh, I love it. I love it. And, but. Jody, you could chime in anytime if you think the real estate agent's the most important person. <laughs> you can go ahead we and say it. We all are. We all are. But you got to defend it. That's the only thing. For sure. Yeah. Um, going going back to the Jody, do you help with that? Do you get involved with finding other comps that are more, well, let's just say accurate? I mean, I do. I, I think that's the main thing is to all communicate, just like Joey said, is, is communicate with the lender and communicate with the other agent, whether, you know, they're representing the seller or the buyer and, and just making sure that we do have the the right comps and you know every appraiser is different and i have had some appraisers come into a property and they're wham bam thank you ma'am done mm -hmm. yeah. and others come in and they measure everything and they take yep. pictures and so you know it's every point of this transaction when you're buying or selling is very important so and that's a huge part of it and you know what we got to defend our clients at the end of the day so yeah and our decisions and our actions all right. That's one of the reasons why I think you two are so special is, you know, hopefully other people are hearing your passion in doing what we do. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's that's why I think you guys are special where it comes into this um, this business. And that's why you're here. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought a little bit. I want to go back with those comps and and figuring things out there. But before I do that, I want to jump in there going back to the inspection part. Did you know that we wrote a little ebook about negotiating after the home inspection? And in there we have basically how the client can take all the information that we give them and they put it in three different columns, all right? Mm -hmm. And first column is gonna be, this is too much for me. I don't wanna buy this house, all right? Unless I get these things fixed or I get compensation for them. And then the third column is gonna be, Okay, homes have problems. I know that. And these are going to be problems. I'm going to let the sellers know we know about them. But we're going to accept these. We're not even going to ask for a concession on this. This is me being as reasonable as I can. And the, hopefully the clients will stack that as much as possible. And then everything else is going to go in the middle. And that's where you ask your attorney and your real estate agent, be my hero, be my advocate. Yep. Get okay. me as much of this as you can. However, even if you can't get me any of it, we're still going to move forward with purchasing this house. And mm -hmm. then and then they take those columns, and I think that's where they should be coming to you or you should, you know, talk to them about the market and the powers that they have. And and I guess that's where I'm going. Have you, obviously we've all noticed that the market was real busy this last summer. What does that do to negotiating powers that you have for your client? 
Well, I mean, just case in point, last spring, it was an insane market. It was so competitive. And, you know, uh, somebody would list a home on a Tuesday and they would be asking for best and final by a Sunday. Um, and offers are coming in, whether they're cash or, you know, 20% down or what have you. But some of them were waiving the contingencies, mm-hmm. yeah. such as the appraisal or an inspection. And yes you can waive that and yes you can still have the inspection and you can choose to walk away you know if that's not the right home for you and you realize that there's more involved but it's it's a risky thing i mean it's it's good for negotiating power if you do waive that and a a seller feels like okay great we don't have to worry about any of this um but i think it's also very important though too Mm because you want to know what you're buying and you know all the all the arms and legs of this process are very important, equally important. Now, if you waive that contingency, let's say the inspection one, you, can you still have an inspection? I still have one, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I recommend that my clients still have one. Um, we can't generally ask for something. We can definitely no. try yeah. if it's something you know horrific. Yeah. Um, but you can walk so away if you want to. You got that five-day yeah. period, and if it's too much of what you're yeah. willing to accept, you know, Joey and I met a little bit earlier, and he was telling me a story about a, a mortgage. If you don't mind, share that with Jody. Yeah, absolutely. And I, So I was uh, working with a woman. Uh, she was moving from Florida to South Carolina. Her husband had recently passed. Uh, the realtor on this home was, she was taken to a agency, and they held wow. an inspection. The ins- <laughs> Catch this one, Jody. The real estate agent was doing dual agency, yeah. and she still referred the home inspector to the buyer. Didn't even refer. Basically forced it on her. She was like, this is who our home inspector is, and this is uh, how much it's going to cost, and they'll be here at this time at this date. I don't know what the laws are in South Carolina, yeah, but doesn't that doesn't right. fly here in Illinois. No. no. So uh, I was talking to her. I, I She only asked me not to mention her name. Don't, but yeah. yeah, she, she moved in uh, a week after close. So there was a, a week of post-close possession there. And as soon as she moved in, she started noticing things. Right off the bat, um, a friend came over and noticed mold. Yeah. Right? And she contacted the realtor and the inspector. The inspector just, I'm not a mold inspector. I can't comment on mold. You know, yeah. if, if you wanted a mold inspection, you had to buy a mold or uh, you had to work with a mold and inspector. And that's a true problem in our profession. You know, a lot of people want to keep home inspectors we we don't want to be knowing more we don't want to report more we don't want to do more Mm -hmm. we always want to do as little as possible and i I just can't buy into that yeah and i won't buy into that and that's Mm -hmm. why i love charlie (laughs) sorry go on i interrupted please tell (laughs) me no totally fine um then the fridge was leaking uh so I don't know how that didn't get caught because there was clear water damage under it. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, wow. it, it's crazy. And the uh, she ran the dishwasher for the first time because she was prepping to have, you know, some people over. Like, you know, this is my new homewarming party. And the dishwasher wasn't draining. It just leaked. So oh, water's coming out of the dishwasher. Out of the refrigerator. She, out of the refrigerator. <laughs> there's mold. Um, what else did so she mention? she did have an inspector then. She had an inspection done. And none of this oh, was in the okay. report. They said oh, they sweet. ran the dishwasher, which they very clearly did not, because clearly. <laughs> yeah, she she had a, a I think it was G or LG an LG repairman come out, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. the first thing he did he was he, he he noticed the drain line. It was completely clogged, and it was an old clog. It was solid. Wow. wow. So yeah, the, the inspector never ran the dishwasher, but in the report it did say that he did. Um, the HVAC had to be completely replaced. It did not work at all. Uh, in the report, it worked. Uh, but yeah, just she, she walked into $20,000 of repairs in the first month she lived in the house. So, oh my God. Yeah, Char- Charlie will save you from a world of hurt after buying. <laughs> we'll make a list and you can make your own decisions what you do with that list. Absolutely. And, and the other guys that work with us, I'm very proud to say they're as passionate as they come. And one of the reasons we only do one inspection a day is so we're not rushing out of that house. We're not trying to zip through and do a quick startup of dishwashers and fridges. We take our time and we're gonna make sure that everybody's comfortable with moving forward. 
That's the right. bottom line. Sorry, I'm doing my things. Joey, one more time. Give me, tell me more about the Federal Savings Bank. Give me your contact. Yeah, so uh, Joey Matthews, uh, NMLS one three three oh six oh six nine four. You got to put that Sorry. out there legally, don't I, you? I can fl- I can fly through that one though. Yeah. As long as I say it, I'm good. Uh, my cell phone six three zero two three five two four zero five. We are a nationally insured, FDIC nationally insured bank. I do do loans all over the country. It's very important that I I stay at a FDIC insured bank because of being a veteran. I know people all over the country. I closed loans in 39 states last year. So, well, yeah, it's... Uh, I think you closed my son's loan in Tennessee. I did, so, twice. Or no, twice. just just once. I did his condo up here, and then I did his uh, Tennessee. Yeah, but, yeah, Chris, great kid. Great Thank kid. Thank you. Um, and Jody, give me your contact info again, please. Uh, my cell phone is 708-542-3259. And my email is jody, J-O-D-I, dot egger, E-G-G-E-R, at compass.com. All right, so now we're getting towards the end of the transaction, and, you know, we're ready. What, what are the three favorite words you want to hear, you know, Jody, when you get towards the end from the mortgage person? Um, clear to close. As I hear it at CTC. I hear that all the time. It's like all of a sudden the wine bottles start popping and the champagne's flowing and it's like, all right, we're done when we get in there. Are, yeah. Have you ever run into like those last minute roadblocks or what can go wrong, I guess, at the end? And Joey or Jody, either one? One up earlier. You can yeah. find out you have to get married before you close. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I, I could speak on the mortgage side for Please. sure. Uh, oh, I'm going to go put a bunch of money on an Ashley Furniture card store or store card right before Aww. closing and open a new debt. You know, oh, I'm going to go buy a car. I'm clear to close. We do a soft pull the morning of close. We make sure there's no new accounts. Oh, boy. You know, so if, if you have a new account, we're going to have to push closing because we're going to have to verify that account. We're going to have to verify repayment. It's going to affect your debt ratios. We have to rerun AUS, automated underwriting, and then we have to send it back to underwriting for an updated clear to close. Send it right back to close. It's, it's a pain. Buying a car. Um, quitting your job. So I, earlier I said I've never had a borrower denied. I've had one. One. Quit, the, quit his job the morning of close because he was buying oh an investment gosh. property and he was planning to live off the uh, income from it. So, <laughs> yeah. Quit his job morning of close. That's why it's so important that we educate our clients and tell them. And, and I feel like I, that's something I need to do a better job of telling them about is don't make any huge purchases or transactions or big changes in life events. Once we've got you pre-approved, we're through the process, we're almost ready to go. Don't go out and buy that car or buy a boat or <laughs> like you said, quit your job. Um, don't you wish we could put together like a, a mandatory training program? where you have to watch this video, you have to go ahead and take this test. I agree that I'm not going to do right. anything until after I, you know, move in and get the keys. There's our rules and regulations. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I love that. And and I think preparation, Jody, is the key to everything. Am I absolutely. wrong in that? No, absolutely. You know, and getting your clients and letting them know what's going to happen, let them know what could go wrong. You know, the do's, don'ts, ifs, thens. You know anything that could come into play it's it's a scary scary process i mean how long i want to go back to the person that quit their job were they still able to buy the property no 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 no. quit their job it was a a union employment job so there was no income if we can't verify income and verify employment we have no way to verify that you can repay the loan and uh he did not secure other employment and i yeah Dead, dead in the well, water. He was, he was going to go to the closing in anticipation of closing, and you found out that morning. Yeah, because we did we did a verification of employment with HR that morning, and they said um, that after uh, it was like a two o'clock closing. So we did the verification of employment at ten. They're like, no, he quit his job. Oh. He didn't show up today, and he called in. Done. Wow. Yeah, it's sad. It is sad. It's in, it's incredibly sad. And I, I, and I it do. just ruined somebody's life right now. You know, he was expecting that income from that building, and he doesn't have it. At all, and now he doesn't have a job. Yeah, and that's a that's a horrible, horrible thing, and it's all. And, and I'm sorry, I'm going to be a little mean to the real estate agent. You know, whoever is the closest person to that. And and again, Jody, please don't think I think all agents no, no, no. are bad. You know, but there's some good and there's some bad ones out there. And um, but yeah, if you're not prepped, you know, and you mm-hmm. just, I don't know, I don't blame people for doing. 
uneducated things. I blame right. the, the ones that are educated for not getting the client educated. Yeah. If that even makes sense. No, I it, just babbled words. I'll blame myself. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's my client. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that's always going to take blame for everything because as soon as something comes up, everyone wants way. to point fingers. Yeah. I'll be, just point at me yeah. so we can come up with a solution. That's right? the key. Um, yeah, I call that the fastest fingers in the West, you know. <laughs> exactly. Get out there and point the fingers at someone else. But you know what? I'd rather be accountable, find a solution, and let's make it happen. You yeah. Know? That's just one where it's like, well, I can't just give this guy a job right no. now on the spot you know it, and, and so i'll take the bl- I, I try to tell everyone like no big purchases no new lines of credit please don't quit your job but at, at the same time if i don't say it like the morning they're going to quit you know i can't control right. what happens um, it's it's assumptions i too i mean you yeah. know I, i'm not the smartest guy in the world but i don't think i would quit my job no for sure until after i know i got you yeah. know everything done so and i'm sorry if i'm sounding mean to that person i don't mean to be yeah um it, it's just uh well i'm flustered yeah you know it's... that's a horrible horrible thing to happen to any human being yeah so agree and that's why i think it's so important that you know i have as an agent i've opened communication with my real estate attorney and with the lender on the transaction mm-hmm. to say hey this is what i went over with the clients or this is your conversation with them just to make sure everybody's in the loop because it is difficult sometimes to keep everybody on the same page it and is. you know there's a plethora of emails flying around and there's something from the attorney but he didn't cc the lender and vice versa and I kind of serve up myself as like a quarterback after we go under contract because I want to make sure that everyone's communicating, everybody knows who's on first, you know, and it's 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 really important. It's all about the details. You do know I'm an Abbott and Costello fan, right? Or you didn't know that. Once you said who's on first, I'm like, okay, what's on second? Home buyer hours yeah. over. <laughs> I don't know who's on third. <laughs> We're gonna keep going all that route. I get it. Oh my goodness! And um, so, I again, I'm just flustered. I I hate those horror stories, but yeah. those horror stories actually is what motivates us. Yeah. And you know, we don't. We, I don't think you can ever, ever predict every single, you know, problem that's ever going to happen in somebody's, um, in somebody's transaction and stuff like that. So when they do happen, they make such a. I don't know, a, a scar maybe is the right word, or just a, a big impact on our decision-making abilities and stuff. And we always want to share that with future clients as we go forward with stuff. You know, you, you talked earlier, Jody, about that chimney fire that happened earlier. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if we share this with you or not, but we actually now do chimney scans. We developed a, Yeah, we developed a rig, so we take a 360 video on a lighted push rod, and we can make sure that that clay flue liner is in perfect shape. Do you guys know how much it costs to re- reline a chimney nowadays? No, I don't. Six thousand dollars. Yeah, you know. Oh I mean, my gosh. you'll get some to do it for five grand. You know, for the smaller one-man companies and that. But just to drop a stainless steel chimney liner in there, that's six thousand. To purge a smoke chamber, three thousand. To do tuck pointing in a firebox. A thousand dollars, you know. Now the firebox and the smoke chamber, we could see that from the ground, but you can't see up the flue. Yeah, and it's such a big expense. And same thing with sewer liners. You know, we start getting a collapse or something, or you know, if they have to dig it up. It's minimum three thousand dollars, and then it, yeah. and then the longer the line, the higher the number goes. So people started asking, why are we adding all these other services onto it? Well, that's why. Mm-hmm. You know, because those are the big ticket items, and it takes expensive equipment to be able to get the proof that we need to, you know, and our goal is to say everything's okay. It's always my goal to say everything's okay. But if it isn't, it's my obligation to tell you why it isn't and give you proof that it isn't so that if you guys go to the negotiating table, and what I mean by you guys is you, Jody, or or the attorney who's ever going to be getting involved with that, you want the proof, you want the backup, you know, to go in there. So. And I love all the different things that you guys do offer, Charlie. Like you mm-hmm. tell us, okay, here, here's who you contact to get a radon test if it's single family home or, you know, let's do a chimney scan. Here's who I would recommend or a sewer scope or what have you. I mean, there's all these different things that come into play and it's important to be that, you know, one-stop shop for my client and I can provide them with all those resources and then, you know, lean on you too to help me navigate through. Exactly. How serious is it? 
You know, for me, everything boils down to two things, how much and who pays. All right. Okay. So I can give you a rough idea how much, but as far as the who pays, that's your yeah. job, you know, to help your client get through. That's not me. I don't get, I don't know anything about the negotiation parts. I don't know the value of the power or the value of the property or the power you have. I am none of that, you know. So that's where you come in to take that information and help your client, you know, to the best that they can. But um yeah, that's all good stuff and it's all interesting. Let me just switch gears a little bit here, Jody. I'm coming back to you on this one. Let's say you just met a brand new real estate agent coming into Compass um, in Lincoln Park. What is, oh, we'll get to that a little bit later. My mind just clicked in with the ADD. It's like, holy cow, you know. Um, what advice would you give to a brand new real estate agent coming out there to help them, you know, be successful and be the best real estate agent that they can? I mean, I would definitely say find a mentor, someone you can shadow um, that's willing to, to help you out. I mean, Do you still have a mentor today? I have several mentors. I've got, you know, I've been blessed to work at a number of different brokerages throughout my career. And Give there's a shout out. <laughs> um, I worked uh, at Chicago's Property Shop, which uh, has now uh, become the 77 Group with Fulton Grace. I've worked okay. at App Properties. Um, you know, there's just a number of different professionals that I've leaned on before okay. and just said, hey, I heard, you know, you went through this. Like, how did you handle it? And it's it's problem solving and it's talking things out loud. So I think it's, you know, like I said to you before, every inspection I go to, I learn something new every day. I learn something new. Um, and I think it's just really important to align yourself with like minded people that are looking to, you know, they're in this for the right reasons. They're looking to, you know, represent their clients and do the best possible job for them. And and I think it's important to shadow people and have a mentor or have multiple mentors because you learn something from every person you work with. I like that multiple mentor things and stuff. And, you know, same thing in my profession. There's other home inspectors that I built good relationships to and we bounce things off of each other all the time. You know, everything is about learning more, knowing yep. more. Joey, I'm gonna ask you the same question. You know, if you could find a new mortgage person in here and, and also who is your mentor? Who's the one person that really affected your life in doing this? So, um, Bill Cunningham. Bill Cunningham, he's uh, he was another guy that was from the Marines. He was also a firefighter. He got me into the mortgage business. You know, he uh, he's Irish, just like you. He, he, he's a yeah, <laughs> he's the real cut type, though. <laughs> I'm just the Ellis Island Irish. Um, I love it. Yeah, he uh, he brought me in. Great guy, great guy. He's one of my best friends. Um, and yeah, I uh, talk to him all the time still. You know. And what is your advice to somebody new coming into the business? So I, I mean, I actually I hire people all the time. Um, my biggest piece of advice, other than, of course, you know, uh, the mentorship, always be learning. Know your guidelines. Do yeah. not ABC. fall. It. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's it's crazy yeah. how easy it is to get complacent. Guidelines change all the time. Stay on top of it. Our laws change, too. People don't realize it. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to be closing in on time real soon. So, you know, Joey, again, give us your contact information. Uh, Joey Matthews, 635 Two four zero five, and I know Jody. I know it's hard with Jody and Joey. I apologize. It's okay. I don't know who you're talking to. I yeah. know. So I, Jody, I please give us your contact information. Um, again, my cell phone is seven zero eight five four two three two five nine. You can reach me via email at jody.egger at compass.com. Sounds good. And just one more thing. I on uh, Sunday nights here on AMA twenty at nine o'clock at night. There's a pretty cool radio show, and I listened to it this last Sunday, called the, the Sports Cubicle and stuff. And our producer here, Devin Tingle, is fantastic, and I'm giving him a thank you, and he is outstanding when it comes to that show. So that's all we have for you. I want to thank you both for being here, and you guys have a good day, and give us a call. Bye-bye. Thank you, Charlie. Bye, guys.